Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm Jill. Today is the 20th day of December. And man, it seems like we just got here. Literally feels like we just got here a few days ago. Thinking back to everything and all that's happened so far this year, uh, but also remaining present in this moment as we take it in as we open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to receive all that God wants to say to us, speak to us, and do in us through His Word, as we just pause for a second, let go of all of the distractions of life, of the day, of the season. And I know there are many. I know there's so many at this time of year especially us mamas we we carry a lot at this time of year trying to meet everyone's expectations managing the lists buying the food preparing the food all of the things i just want you to know that i see you even though i don't see you i know all that you are managing and handling. And although it is more meaningful to hear it from the people that you're doing it all for, uh, sometimes we just don't get to hear it, but I see you, I appreciate you. And I know that it's happening because of you. You're the reason why all of it is getting done. And it is a task of super woman proportions so well done to you don't forget to breathe and don't forget to rest exhale afterwards let your hair down and feel whatever it is that you need to feel and uh, just a word of encouragement you will get through it and it will pass but I pray that you don't lose your heart in the mix. Hold on to your heart. Hold on to what is true and leave room for error and leave room for lots of grace. We're going to need it. We're jumping over to 1 Peter today, brand new book of the Bible, 1 Peter chapters 1 through 5. And this week we're reading the Common English Bible. 1 Peter 1 Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's chosen strangers in the world of the diaspora who live in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, God the Father chose you because of what He knew beforehand. He chose you through the Holy Spirit's work of making you holy because of the faithful obedience and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. May God's grace and peace be multiplied to you. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ be blessed. On account of his vast mercy, he has given us new birth. You have been born anew into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You have a pure and enduring inheritance that cannot perish, an inheritance that is presently kept safe in heaven for you. Through his faithfulness, you are guarded by God's power so that you can receive the salvation he is ready to reveal. 
in the last time. You now rejoice in this hope, even if it's necessary for you to be distressed for a short time by various trials. This is necessary so that your faith may be found genuine. Your faith is more valuable than gold, which will be destroyed even though it is itself tested by fire. Your genuine faith will result in praise, glory, and honor for you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you've never seen him, you love him. Even though you don't see him now, you trust him, and so rejoice with a glorious joy that is too much for words. You are receiving the goal of your faith, your salvation. The prophets who long ago foretold the grace that you've received, searched and explored, inquiring carefully about this salvation. They wondered what the Spirit of Christ within them was saying when he bore witness beforehand about the suffering that would happen to Christ and the glory that would follow. They wondered what sort of person or what sort of time they were speaking about. It was revealed to them that in their search they were not serving themselves but you. These things, which even angels long to examine, have now been proclaimed to you by those who brought you the good news. They did this in the power of the Holy Spirit, who was sent from heaven. Therefore, once you have your minds ready for action, and you are thinking clearly, place your hope completely on the grace that will be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Don't be conformed to your former desires, those that shaped you when you were ignorant. But as obedient children, you must be holy in every aspect of your life, just as the one who called you is holy. It is written, you will be holy because I am holy. Since you call upon a father who judges all people according to their actions without favoritism, you should conduct yourselves with reverence during the time of your dwelling in a strange land. Live in this way, knowing that you were not liberated by perishable things like silver or gold from the empty lifestyle you inherited from your ancestors. Instead, you were liberated by the precious blood of Christ, like that of a flawless, spotless lamb. Christ was chosen before the creation of the world, but was only revealed at the end of time. This was done for you, who through Christ are faithful to the God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory. So now, your faith and hope should rest in God. As you set yourselves apart by your obedience to the truth, so that you might have genuine affection for your fellow believers, love each other deeply and earnestly, do this because you have been given new birth, not from the type of seed that decays, but from seed that doesn't. This seed is God's life-giving and enduring word. Thus, all human life on the earth is like grass, and all human glory is like a flower in a field. The grass dries up, and its flower falls off, but the Lord's word endures forever. This is the word that was proclaimed to you as good news. Therefore, get rid of all ill will and all deceit, pretense, envy, and slander. Instead, like a newborn baby, desire the pure milk of the word. Nourished by it, you will grow into salvation since you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now you are coming to him as to a living stone. Even though this stone was rejected by humans, from God's perspective, it is chosen, valuable, 
You yourselves are being built like living stones into a spiritual temple. You are being made into a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Thus it is written in scripture, Look, I am laying a cornerstone in Zion, chosen, valuable. The person who believes in him will never be shamed. So God honors who you believe. For those who refuse to believe, though, the stone that builders tossed aside has become the capstone. This is a stone that makes people stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Because they refuse to believe in the word, they stumble. Indeed, this is the end to which they were appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who are God's own possession. You have become this people so that you may speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called you out of darkness into his amazing light. Once you weren't a people, but now you are God's people. Once you hadn't received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, since you are immigrants and strangers in the world, I urge that you avoid worldly desires that wage war against your lives. Live honorably among the unbelievers. Today they defame you as if you were doing evil. But in the day when God visits to judge, they will glorify him because they have observed your honorable deeds. For the sake of the Lord, submit to every human institution. Do this whether it means submitting to the emperor as supreme ruler or to governors as those sent by the emperor. They are sent to punish those doing evil and to praise those doing good. Submit to them because it's God's will that by doing good, you will silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Do this as God's slaves and yet also as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Honor everyone. Love the family of believers. Have respectful fear of God. Honor the emperor. Household slaves, submit by accepting the authority of your masters with all respect. Do this not only to good and kind masters, but also to those who are harsh. Now it is commendable if, because of one's understanding of God, someone should endure pain through suffering unjustly. But what praise comes from enduring patiently when you have sinned and are beaten for it? But if you endure steadfastly when you've done good and suffer for it, this is commendable before God. You were called to this kind of endurance because Christ suffered on your behalf. He left you an example so that you might follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin, nor did he ever speak in ways meant to deceive. When he was insulted, he did not reply with insults. When he suffered, he did not threaten revenge. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He carried in his own body on the cross the sins we committed. He did this so that we might live in righteousness, having nothing to do with sin. By his wounds you were healed. Though you were like straying sheep, you have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your lives. Wives, likewise, submit to your own husbands. Do this so that even if some of them refuse to believe the word, they may be won without a word by their wives' way of life. After all, they will have observed the reverent 
and holy manner of your lives. Don't try to make yourselves beautiful on the outside with stylish hair or by wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes. Instead, make yourselves beautiful on the inside, in your hearts, with the enduring quality of a gentle, peaceful spirit. This type of beauty is very precious in God's eyes. For it was in this way that holy women who trusted in God used to make themselves beautiful, accepting the authority of their own husbands. For example, Sarah accepted Abraham's authority when she called him master. You have become her children when you do good and don't respond to threats with fear. Husbands, likewise, submit by living with your wife in ways that honor her, knowing that she is the weaker partner. Honor her all the more, as she is also a co-heir of the gracious care of life. Do this so that your prayers won't be hindered. Finally, all of you be of one mind, sympathetic, lovers of your fellow believers, compassionate and modest in your opinion of yourselves. Don't pay back evil for evil or insult for insult. Instead, give blessing in return. You were called to do this so that you might inherit a blessing. For those who want to love life and see good days should keep their tongue from evil speaking and their lips from speaking lies. They should shun evil and do good, seek peace and chase after it. The Lord's eyes are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers, but the Lord cannot tolerate those who do evil. Who will harm you if you are zealous for good? But happy are you even if you suffer because of righteousness don't be terrified or upset by them. Instead, regard Christ the Lord as holy in your hearts. Whenever anyone asks you to speak of your hope, be ready to defend it. Yet do this with respectful humility, maintaining a good conscience. Act in this way so that those who malign your good lifestyle in Christ may be ashamed when they slander you. It is better to suffer for doing good, if this could possibly be God's will, than for doing evil. Christ himself suffered on account of sins once for all, the righteous one on behalf of the unrighteous. He did this in order to bring you into the presence of God. Christ was put to death as a human but made alive by the Spirit, and it was by the Spirit that he went to preach to the spirits in prison. In the past, these spirits were disobedient when God patiently waited during the time of Noah Noah built an ark in which a few, that is eight, lives were rescued through water. Baptism is like that. It saves you now, not because it removes dirt from your body, but because it is the mark of a good conscience toward God. Your salvation comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at God's right side. Now that he has gone into heaven, he rules over all angels, authorities, and powers. Therefore, since Christ suffered as a human, you should also arm yourselves with this way of thinking. This is because whoever suffers is finished with sin. As a result, they don't live the rest of their human lives in ways determined by human desires, but in ways determined by God's will. You have wasted enough time doing what unbelievers desire, living in their unrestrained immortality and lust, their drunkenness, and excessive feasting and wild parties and their forbidden worship of idols. They think it's strange that you don't join in these activities with the same flood of unrestrained wickedness, so they slander you. 
they will have to reckon with the one who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Indeed, this is the reason the good news was also preached to the dead. This happened so that although they were judged as humans according to human standards, they could live by the Spirit according to the divine standards. The end of everything has come. Therefore, be self-controlled and clear-headed so you can pray. Above all, show sincere love to each other, because love brings about the forgiveness of many sins. Open your homes to each other without complaining, and serve each other according to the gift each person has received as good managers of God's diverse gifts. Whoever speaks should do so as those who speak God's word. Whoever serves should do so from the strength that God furnishes. Do this so that in everything God may be honored through Jesus Christ. To Him be honor and power forever and always. Amen. Dear friends, don't be surprised about the fiery trials that have come among you to test you. These are not strange happenings. Instead, rejoice as you share Christ's sufferings. You share His sufferings now so that you may also have overwhelming joy when His glory is revealed. If you are mocked because of Christ's name, you are blessed for the Spirit of glory. Indeed, the Spirit of God rests on you. Now none of you should suffer as a murderer or thief or evildoer or rebel, but don't be ashamed if you suffer as one who belongs to Christ. Rather, honor God as you bear Christ's name. Give honor to God, because it's time for judgment to begin with God's own household. But if judgment starts with us, what will happen to those who refuse to believe God's good news? If the righteous are barely rescued, what will happen to the godless and sinful? So then, those who suffer because they follow God's will should commit their lives to a trustworthy Creator by doing what is right. Therefore, I have a request for the elders among you. I ask this as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings and as one who shares in the glory that is about to be revealed. I urge the elders, like shepherds, tend the flock of God among you. Watch over it. Don't shepherd because you must, but do it voluntarily for God. Don't shepherd greedily, but do it eagerly. Don't shepherd by ruling over those entrusted to your care, but become examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive an unfading crown of glory. In the same way, I urge you who are younger, accept the authority of the elders and everyone Clothe yourselves with humility toward each other. God stands against the proud, but he gives favor to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under God's power so that he may raise you up in the last day. Throw all your anxiety onto him because he cares about you. Be clear-headed. Keep alert. Your accuser, the devil, is on the prowl like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Do so in the knowledge that your fellow believers are enduring the same suffering throughout the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, the one who called you into his eternal glory in Christ Jesus will himself restore, empower, strengthen, and establish you. To him be power forever and always.
Amen. I have written and sent these few lines to you by Silvanus. I consider him to be a faithful brother. In these lines I have urged and affirmed that this is the genuine grace of God. Stand firm in it. The fellow elect church in Babylon greets you and so does my son Mark. Greet each other with a kiss of love. Peace to you all who are in Christ. So we started 1 Peter today and got pretty deep into it. Peter has some really important, poignant things to say, but let's just let's just remind ourselves who Peter is in the story of the Bible. We've been reading a lot of the words of Paul, where Paul wrote a lot, if not most, of the New Testament. But what we know about Paul is he never met Jesus face to face. Paul had a Damascus Road experience that changed him dramatically through the power of God. We are now reading from Peter, Peter, one of Jesus' 12 disciples that walked with Jesus, that literally knew him intimately, that watched miracle after miracle be performed and still questioned, still doubted, still had very human, I like to call human issues uh, with Jesus. We're on the AD side of history after death and many years, many years down the road where we like to think we know exactly what we would do if we were there, if we were walking with Jesus. But what I find relatable through the disciples is their humanity, is their, their questions, their their thoughts, their doubts, their uh, needing of rebuke. But then let's take it a step further of who Peter is. Peter is the disciple that denied Jesus three times before his death. And here's, here's where I'm going with that piece. It is so easy for us to try to disqualify or diminish people by using the thing in their past that is the thing that would take you out, that would absolutely take you out of the game, turn in your uniform, and sorry, thanks for playing, but you just went too far. You just crossed the line. If we remember in the Gospels, Jesus very much knew which disciple, and they were all so curious. They're asking him at the Last Supper, Lord, is it me? Surely not me. I would never do that to you. And the beautiful thing about that story, about that table, is Jesus knows exactly who is capable and going to do what they did that led to the events of his death. And Jesus still chose them. He still chose to eat with them. He still sat with them and asked them to do this. Eat at this table. Eat this bread that is my body. Drink this cup that is my blood. And remember, remember 
who I am. Remember who I am in your life. Remember what I did for you. Knowing that choice that Jesus made gives us the biggest clue to this story of his relationship with Peter. If Jesus chose what he chose to do what he did by partaking, inviting, accepting, he was setting Peter up for redemption. He wasn't setting him up for failure. He was setting him up to do what only Jesus can do. Redeem us. Renew us. Make us new. Again. To make us new again, again, and then even again. And so when I remember the details of that story, when I realize that major piece of the story, Peter was not disqualified. He was not thrown aside. Peter was set up for redemption. His denial of Jesus would not be the final word of his story, even though many would discount him. Many would dismiss him. Many would chastise him, condemn him, and throw him aside. But when you don't throw people away, look. Look at what God can do. This is true of us. And so we hear these words today from a man who walked with Jesus. We might hear them differently. We might consider them differently and we might apply them differently. So Father, we thank you for the details of our stories. We thank you that you waste nothing. You throw nobody aside. You don't set us up for failure. You don't taunt us with things for failure. You use everything for your redemption. Thank you, God, that you just you you don't just also do that with us. You do that with us because of who you are. And it's nothing about how great we are, but it is everything that you can do with somebody like us, despite our past, despite our mistakes, despite our failures and the things that people would throw in our face to diminish us, to take us out. And you say, give me that very thing and watch me work. Watch me make something new. Watch me redeem what you thought was dead. I thank you, God. I thank you for doing it in my life. And I thank you that you're not done. You're not done with any of us. And let us remember that today, in this reading today, that we would hear these words and they would change us deep within, resurrect what is dead in us, bring it to life as only you can do and make something beautiful from the absolute disaster 
of what we think we have messed up in our lives. And we thank you. And we praise you. And we pray this now, all in the name of the only one who is able to resurrect what was dead to live again. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God of the new beginnings, God of the second chance, your grace and in this river, your love and avalanche. There in my darkest moment, all hope burned to the ground. That's where your mercy found me. That's when your love came down. You turned my morning into dancing. You turned my sorrow into praise. Yeah, you give me beautiful ashes, beautiful ashes. You give me beautiful ashes, beautiful ashes. Give me
Beautiful ashes, beautiful ashes. Yeah, you give me beautiful ashes, beautiful ashes.